1: Welcome to episode number 270 of On the Corner, of the official podcast. I'm your host Alex Fast, joined as always by Mr. TikTok himself, Nick Pollock. Nick, how you doing? What is happening? Yes, TikTok
2: goes the clock. I don't know. That's all I got. That's Look it. out!
1: That's here here, yeah, here comes Charlie it's, D'Amelio. It's <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna take over. It's, Look it's, out, it's, Addison Ray. Here comes Nick. yeah. Like,
2: okay, okay, okay. The okay. Fine. <laughs> You're talking about TikTok, the social thing. Yeah, it's going well. I uh, so if, if you guys know <laughs> <so> the um <laughs> the YouTube videos that you It's like a
1: forty year old man. You talking about out? the social thing?
2: <laughs> yes. Sure. You get it, okay? We have we have our YouTube videos that we have every day of me breaking down an inning from a pitcher from yesterday, uh, and we're taking some of that, putting on on TikTok really fast, consumable, uh, just advice from pitching that I do. It's cool. Check it out on TikTok. It's Nick Pollock PL. They've Ta-da. been a lot of fun. We did. It's, it.
1: And it, to be honest, if you're if you're I, I like uh, listen, let me be voice of the people real quick. Do I really mm. want to join TikTok? Mm, no. Yeah, I understand. That. I didn't want to <laughs> do it either. Yeah, great job, Nick. Oh, well, there goes that segment. But. <laughs> There's, you know, there's starting to be a lot more fun baseball content on there, and it's a great way to get your kind of like quick hits and how people are performing. And Nick has been doing a great job delivering on those quick hits. So uh, we are on there at Nick Pollock PL, Alex Fast PL, but that's not what we're talking about today. Mm-mm. We are talking about the the top pitchers, the top, you know, the the list. I don't know if you guys have heard yes. of it, the pitcher list, uh, and we're going to be doing a little bit different. Today, as Nick and I discussed earlier on, where I, I brought up to Nick, I feel like ah, we've been we've been doing a great job overall, but getting stuck in the top twenty, top thirty. We've been having sure, a lot yeah. of conversations about those guys, but. While I wouldn't say the playoffs are approaching. They're about five weeks away, probably, depending on your league. You're probably at a time where your trade deadline's coming up. Maybe it's just past. Uh, maybe it's a week away or something. And you want to know who those middle-tier guys are, who those guys at the back end are that you can help, that you can roster to help you make that playoff push. So that's what we're going to be focusing on a little bit today. But before we do, you should be on PL Plus. You should be checking out the First Pitch podcast each week uh, or every day. You should be checking out uh, Nick for his office hours. What are those office hours, Nick?
2: 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Come on twitch.tv slash It is free for you. You just get to hang out. You get to listen. You don't need to say anything if you don't want to, but it's a lot of fun, and I answer every single question I get. But uh, we're gonna we not going to do the plugging today much. Just get pl Plus because you're dope, and that's what dope people do. Let's get let's get right into
1: it now. Let's, let's get right into it. it. Okay. Yeah. So let's spend an hour on tier one. Okay. Yes. <laughs> uh, I I guess actually I have to go ahead. I ha, were there any changes from I now uh, you guys might be pl plus members, but as VP <laughs> of Pitcher List, I get the preview before the list <laughs> even goes live. Maybe we'll offer that in the future or something. Mm. Um, but there were no changes from that preview, so we can go ahead and dive right in. No real changes in the top tier. So I want to know. Uh, you know, I'm gonna say who's in this chair. I want to know what it's called. I want to know why it's called that. We're looking at Scherzer, Bueller, Wheeler, Woodruff, Lynn, and Darvish.
2: I'm gonna call them the seniors. Okay. Just, just, just you know, they're a little bit older. They've mm-hmm. been here before. They know that they should be here. Um, you kind of have you Darvish who transferred in uh, because he <laughs> uh, wasn't here before, and it's like, oh, all yeah, right, international Yeah, come on in. <laughs> no yeah. problem. There's also someone missing, and that's Garrett Cole for COVID, so everyone has a plus one. And uh you know, he's uh he's he's stuck taking an exam that he needs to pass. <laughs> uh so uh so he's not present today. Uh but yeah, this is the seniors.
1: So the one thing that I want to stick at, uh, talk about real quick before we move on uh is that that last Darvish outing, right? Sure. Yeah. A lot of K's, a lot of whiffs. In my opinion, that slider didn't look great. It picked up a lot of called strikes. It felt like a majority of them were left over in the middle of the plate. I was a little bit worried. He gets cores next. If he does that in cores, he's going to get walloped and. And the other point is he went to that slider more than the cutter. He's been increasing the slider a little bit. I'm worried that the cutter still isn't there. As I kind of discussed on the First Switch podcast this weekend, it's moot because you're starting Darvish. But, I mean, is there concern there that maybe this is just kind of a blip and he's not that back?
2: I'm going to tell you this. Uh, that slider has a 152 batting average allowed this year. And mm-hmm. if Darvish, to you know get those strikes that he needs, is going to be throwing his slider in the zone, I think that's a good way to doing it. He thirteen called strikes in that game, sixty three percent CSW across all sliders. Yeah, that works for me. If that's how you need to get your strikes, great. That's fine. Um, he still got whiffs with his four because of it. Five out of twenty seven there. He had some of the splitter in there. He had some of this curveball and that cutter too, and the aforementioned slider. But if his approach is now cool, I'm going to instead with my cutter get with uh, get called strikes with sliders. That works well with me. Doesn't get hit hard. So yeah. cheat it, get free real estate. It's wonderful. It's free real estate. Okay, that, great. That, so that's, that's
1: why I'm calling any breaking ball for a strike now is just free real estate. Just real I love that. Game. I'm yeah. all about that. I'm all about that. Um, all right. As we said, we're not going to spend too much time at the top, so we're going to move right on to tier two, which is Robbie Ray, Carlos Rodon, Lucas Giolito, Sean Minaya, Corbin Burns, and Kevin Gauspin. What is it called? Why is it called that?
2: I uh, okay. This is um. Oh, I, ha- I have like the imagery in my head. Um, okay,
1: it's a diner. Oh,
2: that's <laughs> always a <laughs> dieter. I think it's because I'm always so hungry. I like purposely don't eat before this, I eat after. Okay. Uh no. Um these are uh okay, they're not supposed to be here. Uh th- that's the whole idea of this. So okay, so do you know like Waldo he has actually like a second? <laughs> it's the Wario tier. Let's go with that.
1: Okay, with well that, that's fine. That yeah, makes they're sense.
2: part of the cast. They're you know they've been welcome into Mario Kart and everything like that. But it's like you're not, you're not what we expected. You know, we we, yeah. we asked for Mario, <laughs> not for Wario. Yes, <laughs> and that's Robbie Ray. What are you doing here? Call us running what? Sean Manaya, Kevin Gaussman Like, how are you guys inside the top twelve? Well, you are because it's that kind of season.
1: Yeah, and everyone once again rises either one or two at least because of Garrett Cole falling off of the list. But the one thing that I had a question about was the only one who falls in this tier is is Lucas Giolito, All right, who falls two. Been a pretty maddeningly inconsistent couple starts as of late. The gem against the Astros, then four walk performance against the Brewers, then six innings pitched, one earned run with seven Ks uh, against the Royals, but then six earned runs against the Royals with just two Ks. How how close are you to removing that ace is gonna ace label from him?
2: Yeah, so uh, first of all, it was odd Law. Of course, it was Oddlaw. That was the uh, it's it's Waldo backwards. Oh, um, of course, I, I, you know, clicked in there eventually. Uh, mm. With Julito, it's actually interesting. His changeup hasn't been the most effective pitch for a bit. Uh, it's not the elite changeup we knew from last year. If you remember that one, that had like a fifty six percent zone rate, and it's, it, that's just so weird. Uh, to have that high of his own rates and like 58% in 2019, 51 in 2020, and he just never got burned. And it's been a bit, you know, getting more burned this year. Um, but the slider really stepped up for a while. I mean, we're talking double-digit whiffs all of a sudden in that start where he earned a, a, a King Cole previous mm-hmm. to this one. And the slider just wasn't really there in that last start. I think it will return... I mean, I think it was a weird moment where both the slider and changeup were gone for Giolito. I don't really think that's going to stick around. Now, I think in the preseason, we all acknowledged that we liked Giolito because he was going to get volume. He was going to be pitching a ton. He's going to give you a 25 to 30% strikeout rates. He wasn't going to give you a bad whip. He was going to have around a 3-4-3-5-year three, three, raise with the projections had. You know mm. how I feel about projections, but yeah, yeah. it was always a step below like your Scherzers, your Coles, your Biebers, the Groms, all that kind of stuff. So we always recognize that we never really thought he could be that 275, 250. Maybe it all went well, but we didn't really expect it. He's at a 399 now, and Giolito's at 130 innings. So yeah, it's kind of what we expected. He's probably going to have one or two good starts that's going to really push him in the right direction. Maybe sure. it's a 37, 365 at the end, but this is kind of Giolito. You know, we don't expect him to be pristine through the year. And I don't think this, this sixth earned run game here is all of a sudden now changing the view of giolito
1: where you are right now with him where are you comfortable for next year like do you want lucas giolito leading your staff
2: uh i mean i've talked a lot about next year i think it's going to be the most ridiculous ranking in the best way i mean i think this way we had an understanding of okay cool we're balancing like how many expected innings all that kind of stuff sure But this year we're i mean how how are we going to rank robbie ray how are, mm. What about Carlos Rodan? Is he going to be able to keep that velocity or not? Sean Mania is having the most ridiculous season. Yeah, uh, There's going to be a complete fluctuation of people that are currently inside the top 15 that I might rank outside the top 25. Mm-hmm. Uh, there might be a lot of people that are saying, what are you talking about? I am so in on Robbie Ray and what he did. He made that adjustment, and I'm going to be going after that, right? So with Giolito, I think he's going to be around 15 or something because it's the same yeah. thing we had entering this year. Maybe 10. I don't know yet, but... We know he's going to be good. We know he's not going to kill you. He's not going to be a 4-5-year at the end of the year. He's not going to be like a 130 whip. He's going to be good, and that's cool. There's, there's, there's value in that high floor.
1: You have to think that all of the people who are on the aisle that haven't even pitched this year, thinking about Noah Syndergaard, thinking about Luis Severino, sure. um, you know, are probably going to be above him. Would you put Severino above Giolito? Well, I mean, I
2: haven't seen Severino yet. Uh, and mm-hmm. there's also a question of how much Severino will pitch next year.
1: Uh, because he pitched so little this year,
2: and Julio will have a higher volume expected at least. But that's the worst part about what I do is ex- uh, you know trying to guess pitch counts and in innings.
1: God, yeah. Something. Like, where is yeah. Mike Clevenger going to go? Like, I, I think we already yeah. talked about it like last week, but still, like, right, where right. does Mike Clevenger go? Um, yeah. Okay, great. Let's move on to the next tier. We're going to start off with a guy who's probably going to be listed above Giolito next year, at least I think, and that's Chris Sale. We also have Luis Castillo and Jack Flaherty in this little mini tier here. Two unranked guys. Luis Castillo doesn't move at number fourteen. What is it called? Why is it called that?
2: Um, it's called a nutter butter because you have two <laughs> uh, you have two foundations that are really solid, with the cookie, and then you have something mm. really sweet in the middle, and that oh, that's, that's actually that quite lovely. Castillo.
1: Yeah, that's very nice. So let's start off by talking about Chris Sale. He makes his appearance, you know, he kicks it off. We're talking about where he was going to appear, and here he is at number 13. It's really tough not to get excited about him. He had a 35 to 5K to walk ratio over 20 innings pitched in the minor leagues with a 1.35 ERA. He's going to kick off his season against the Baltimore Orioles. What are you expecting to see from Chris Sale moving forward? The Orioles? I don't Yeah, Yeah, heard of them. Oh, right. Are they in the east? I didn't even see them. They're like, uh, they used to be like right next to where the Yankees were in the standings. (laughs) Oh, wow. That must have been opening day. Um, so, Oh, don't worry. With that IL, <laughs> the Yankees are coming
2: right on back. Yeah, it's very possible. Um, Chris Sale, look, I, I, I joked last week that I'd put him at number one the second he showed up. Um, I have him at 13 right now because I don't want to be too silly and just put him inside that top tier right away because he hasn't even pitched yet. But I think we all kind of understand that Chris Sale should be coming back and being dominant. It's not a still-ill for me. They They stretched him out. To pitch at least five innings on in return. Uh, Chris Hill, I'm looking forward to this. We watched, actually, on the, the list stream, by the way, from four to, 12 to 4 today. Um, you could have watched me create the list and know it before even Alex did. Mm. Because I sent you, after I finalized it, with everybody else. Just so you know fast. So you're not special.
1: Well, you, you sent all. it to me even earlier at
2: the uh, today. I felt like it wasn't I 4 o'clock. I felt like I it was literally two. sent it to you. While I'm live streaming on Twitch, I hope you understand yeah, yeah, yeah. that. They see no, the thing that. that I'm sending you.
1: Yeah, I know. So if you want to act,
2: you want to feel like a VP, you just got to watch the Twitch stream. That's true. 12 to 4 on Mondays. Anyway, uh, Chris Sale should be right out of the gate killing it. We watched his, uh, two, that one two thousand one his 2018 games during the stream because it was
1: just, we wanted to reminisce what it looks like. So- it's gorgeous he is not a still ill is Jack Flaherty. He was only thrown seven innings in the minors in the past so two starts.
2: 75 pitches against the Pirates.
1: I think you're safe with this.
2: Uh, I think so it it should, if you have be. Jack Flaherty, you should be fine starting him against the Pirates. He's even joking and said it was a rehab start. So I uh, that, that, get it because it's the Pirates fast.
1: That's the joke. <laughs> That's I the thought it joke. was for some reason. I thought it was coming against the Royals. That's what uh, fan has. And roster oh, resource really? on yeah. Thursday. Uh, right now, I see Wade LeBlanc on Thursday, so maybe they pushed him to Friday. But what I see here uh, is, there's is Wade a, LeBlanc there's,
2: on. There was a talk of. um Roto Wire has it now Friday. You're right. Uh, yeah, so now it's against it. the Royals. No, doesn't change anything at all. It's the Royals no? The Pirates. No?
1: You, you, are you terrified of the Royals?
2: Even I'm lost more terrified
1: of the Royals. than I mean, it's not really terrifying to lose a guy who's hitting below the Mendoza. Do, I mean, do um, you know what Soler has done since he's gone? Since but, the All-Star break, I do, because he's on my number one Roto team. There uh, it is. Uh, yeah, for, for Tout Wars. Uh, but still, that's not a bad offense. It's not like Soler was the only guy there between Santana so, so and Perez and Merrifield. Um uh who else did the royals just beat up on by the way too oh giolino um i don't know 70 he has not looked good in the minor league although i'll say this he hasn't walked anyone in those two starts so i don't think it'll be a command thing um i you know it's a friday so i guess you can determine where you are in your matchup but gotta
2: get down on friday
1: (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah i guess i would go ahead and do it you might as well be okay. a risk taker why not and if you have yeah. flarity you got to start flarity uh exactly. let's move on to tier four then we are looking at a little bit of a bigger tier here with morton mccullers Urius, montas alcantara nola and musgrove what's it called why is it called that um we could call it i'm just gonna call it the
2: morning dew okay uh it's just so nice it's just you know you, you wake up in the morning you, you take a do like look at look at Nature, and you just you, you run your hand through the grass, and it, you know, this this tear represents that feeling.
1: This coming I'm from a guy like, born and raised in Brooklyn. <laughs> like, he's like, there's no brass it's within just a two
2: like, mile radius. Ah, right. Of course, nature, dude's thing, morning dew. Ah, what a wonderful day this will be because I have Charlie Morton and Frankie Montes on my team.
1: Yeah, I can get behind that. I can get behind that. So we'll start with Morton real quick, who continues to rise. He's nearly cracking the top 15. He just had his fourth shutout of the year. He's been hovering around a 30% CSW for nearly all of his starts, with more of them being over than under, really. 3.1 ERA with a 29% K rate and a sub 200 batting average again since the All-Star break. That is pretty amazing, man. He's just yeah. aging like a fine wine.
2: He's, uh, I mean, the curveball, 35% usage, has a 39% CSW this year.
1: That's unreal.
2: It's so good. 20% swing strike rate, uh, 19% called strike rate. It's getting it done. 125 batting average low. We like to talk about Framber Valdez's Kerbal uh, as the best one, but this is, I mean, this is up there as well. His fastball is, I think, the biggest issue and why he's had some volatility. Uh, it's not a swing strike fastball, even though it comes in around 95 miles per hour. It's 9%. Swing strikes. There are these days where he has this cutter working for him. And I really like when that happens. It's a 31% CSW. He can get a 20% called strike on it. So he can... Essentially, the whole goal is, how do I get guys out with the curveball? Uh, you just got to set it up with either four-seamers or cutters. And when he has a cutter, it can be like really good for Morden. But uh, even with a four-seamer and curveball situation, he can do it too. It's just been... Yeah, the un heralded ace really 345 a year ray 109 whip and a 28 k rate over 130 innings this year that's pretty great
1: yeah it is nice to see what's not nice to see was alcantara and nola we'll start with oh, alcantara no. I mean, he has that great start against the Yankees where he's racking up the Ks, and then he has an awful start in Coors, and it wasn't just Coors. He just did not look good. He gives up 10 run runs, and Nola, while it wasn't as bad, five run runs and five innings pitched against the Nats, he gave you seven Ks, but for those two, what are you thinking for them?
2: So uh, so with Alcantara, it's kind of funny. I I watched this briefly. It was Friday night, um, and uh, I I was able to catch the first inning, and I remember just... I made noises when he struck up yeah. Brendan Rodgers. It was these two perfect sliders that he—that's not his skill set. It's not his best element or as a slider, and he just executed it perfectly. Earned the strikeout. I was like, "Ah, Sandy, you're so great." And then I ignored mm. it and then went returned later. What I felt, I felt like Donald <laughs> Glover with a with my pizza box is coming back to the fire room. Yeah, 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 yeah. And oh man, so. I mean, this is this is the hardest thing to do in fantasy baseball. Is you see a terrible outing. And I got to say, it, it is rare for a guy that is highly regarded to have a blow-up start and then have a second blow-up start. You know, mm-hmm. a good example, Pablo Lopez. Which, sure. You, know, you start him after he has that one or two bad starts that he's had, and he goes off and destroys it. And you just have to have yeah. a short memory. And even with this terrible 10-earned run game, it's still a 365 three sixty five ERA, 115 whip uh, for Alcantara. He's still going to go deep into games. It's just one of those, like, man, it just didn't work out. But he's still throwing 98 as a fastball, a changeup that, I mean, I just feel like it's way better than it is. Uh, has performed, I should say, in a slider with a 35% CSW. Um, he did. It was interesting. He didn't go to the Heat as much as he should have. Um, especially uh, like I, I went back and watched some of this and I got really upset. <laughs> like I, I, I really like yell at, at, the, at my screen, but seeing him turn to the changeup and slider deeper into counts when you throw a 98 and actually a good command of it, utilize that, you know, do the Zach Wheeler approach. Yeah. I, I feel like he's Alcantara is still Zach Wheeler 2.0. I, uh, so you just got to lean in on the, on the fastball and surprise with the changeup and slider. Don't. Don't force everything to come through those.
1: Yeah, and you're right. Everyone's going to have those blow ups every once in a while for sure. I mean, I mean, even Clayton Kershaw, not to the extent of 10 and runs, but he's had those five and run blow ups every once in a while. So I think that makes sense. I'm not really concerned that this is going to be. The downfall of Sandy Alcantara, although I will say I'm very excited. I might even be the first to do it at the end of the season to see here is player X's ERA minus this one bad start. Because, man, uh, this is going to drastically change that for him. Well,
2: I mean, uh, he's had multiple.
1: Um, I'm not going to ignore the fact
2: that he had that start against the Dodgers earlier this year. Oh, that's right. Uh, That was eight earned runs against them, too. Uh, So it's happened before. And I will say, if it's going to happen at Coors and at the Dodgers, it does feel a little bit more, like, acceptable,
1: I guess. But it's yeah. not. It's not acceptable.
2: Because yeah. You, yeah. even, you know, you throw in Bueller there, he's not going to do that.
1: Yeah. So... Um, Okay, we can move on to Tier 5 then. Uh, I want to know what it's called and why it's called that. This is a a, a little bit of a chonker. This is a big one. (laughs) Shoei Otani, Max Freed, Patrick Sandoval, Luis Garcia, Shane McClanahan, Jose Barrios, Trevor Rogers, Freddie Peralta, Alex Wood, Tyler Molly, and Alec Manoa. So this is the travel team. Um, Mm -hmm. These are like
2: when you're growing up and you're playing sports or whatever, you're like in some rec league and all of a sudden you get that one game against the, the travel baseball crew. And it's like all these guys that you think like, oh, one day they will be. That guy is going <laughs> to be something. Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh my god. Like when Dylan Batanza hit a home run off you.
2: Yeah. Oh man. If you want to hear that story in full, come talk to me at any minute. That's a
1: great story. Yeah, I'm
2: not, I'm not kidding. I did do that. <laughs> it might have but been yeah. his last home run ever, right? It might, yeah, I think so. Uh, I need yeah. I need to talk to him directly and ask if he remembers the lanky, six foot four white dude on the mound, um, who gave up that meatball to one down the middle. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> You see, like, Patrick Sandoval in here and you just go, oh, Patrick Sandoval, that's a name you're going to remember for a while. Or Alec Manoa and and Shane McClanahan, Luis Garcia. Like, these are the guys you're thinking, yeah, yeah, that; those are the guys going to be strutting around in the top 15 soon enough.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, again, not don't want to spend too much time in this tier, but two quick names I wanted to talk about. Not much movement near the top of this tier, but near the bottom, we have Trevor Rogers falls seven to 29, just three and two thirds innings against the Yankees with three walks and four Ks. Maybe some concern. He's just not quite right yet. Or Well,
2: so for him, um, he's on uh, personal leave at the moment. We don't know exactly Mm -hmm. when he's returning. And if he comes back right away, then is he going to not be able to pitch six innings, which he hasn't done since June 15th? Uh, So it hasn't been the glorious season, right? Like in the past month or so, two four two five four ERA, one thirteen whip, and twenty percent K rate for Trevor Rogers is so good, but mm. we really haven't gotten that in full uh, across the last month from from Trevor Rogers. So it's a little step back. I think it's a hitch. We just need to see him return to form once, and I feel okay. Cool. Now we can do this for the rest of the year, because he's at one hundred and ten innings, and we've always assumed that he's going to be limited in some way. You know. I Now he is missing some time now. He had the shoulder thing really quickly too. Um, we'll see. He's only had two starts since uh, the all-star break. I, I hope
1: we see more Trevor Rogers soon and
2: we can get back into trusting him as a top 20 and really as an ace
1: again. And Freddy Peralta, he jumps up 13 to 30. He's had a kind of roller coaster with the innings concerns, and now he's back up here. He's not allowed more than three earned runs in a start since May, and over his last 82 innings pitched, he's got a 1.76 ERA. Yeah, he's not allowed. He's not allowed three earned runs. You can't have it. Yeah. Not-
2: <laughs> hey, you, don't swing. Not allowed. <laughs> uh, no, uh, Freddy Peralta, it's just, look, I, I- – I'm throwing my hands up in the air of just like frustration. Um, He got limited under 60 pitches and I thought, oh, right. This is it. You know, they were saying that they're going to be limiting Freddy Peralta. So I brought him all the way down pretty far, but saying, look, look, I understand if you still want to hold on to this. I get it. He's worth, you know, the quality of inning is there. So I didn't remove him or anything. Then he came back and threw six innings despite 68 pitches. So I moved him up further saying, I don't know what's going on. And then he throws 98 pitches. And it's like so. Now that I'm pushing him up inside the top thirty, Freddy Peralta's probably going to throw like fifty pitches next time. <laughs> and it's just, again, we were saying before, the hardest thing to do here is predicting pitch counts and in innings. So mm-hmm. good luck, you guys. Know the quality of it. Whatever you believe, uh, Freddy Peralta is going to get adjust accordingly. But his quality of inning is fantastic. If you were starting regularly right now, he'd probably be in that tier three with Luis Castillo. Um, but we just, uh, we
1: have no idea. And I forgot how young Freddie Peralta is too. It feels like we've just been talking about him for for so long. Maybe the past sure. like, two or three years. He's twenty five. He's not a free agent until uh. Well, he signed a contract to the Brewers for five years, but he's not a free agent until twenty twenty seven. So wow. you really do have to think that they would want to. Just take it, yeah. It pretty easy him. with them, yeah, yeah. But uh, but how many guys are you going to do that with? They still want to get to the playoffs, and it looks like they got a great shot to do so.
2: And the thing is, they have that three-headed monster of Burns, Woodruff,
1: and uh, and Peralta. They can legitimately make a push because of that. Yeah, with a really good bullpen to boot as well. So yeah, yeah. that's. That is that is kind of interesting um all right tier six we're no this is kind of the last tier or so before we get into the the guys that might not all be rostered all over the place this is just a this is like a medium or like a rare stake well, this tier okay, it's all fallers okay. it's all because it's sale and Flaherty returning
2: plus Peralta leapfrogging you so you get any green in here there's no i didn't I I didn't feel like they needed to move down or like or anyone needed to come up up into this tier it's just nope you just take the innate two of those three getting added and of course removing garrett cole and the only thing i did was i swapped carrasco and gallon i think everyone can agree with that especially now carrasco is one star deeper into being stretched out so mm. that's so it
1: in in this tier it's bassett carrasco gallon means maeda marquez and gray the only faller who falls below two or more than two spots i should say is gallon what is this tier called though it's called identifying wood
2: Um, And if you look up that uh, that wonderful image, it's it's someone with a magnifying glass looking at a block of wood and the caption says, yep, it's wood.
1: (laughs) Nothing's changed. It's exactly what it was last week. And so there, uh, I like that. I do like that. So, I, I mean, I dug into it a little bit, not another research thing, but the only one who <laughs> fell three was Gallon. He gets the very poor right. quality start against or all, one out away from the very poor quality start, but then gets the Giants and Padres next. So but the, you're saying the only swap between Gallon and Carrasco is because Carrasco, as you yeah. said, that, that was really it.
2: And I mean, if Gallon had his change up in the last start, I might be encouraged to put him into tier five instead. Mm. Um, I think he'll get there. I think he's very capable uh, of of being better than he has been the last couple starts. I mean, Zach Allen didn't just lose his changeup, which has been his moneymaker. He, uh, you know, he didn't. And the same really goes for his cutter and his curveball, too. They haven't been as pristine as we've seen. I imagine, given more time, he'll be completely fine with us. So uh, I still have confidence down the stretch of like Zach Allen.
1: We have another little mid tier here in tier seven with Kikuchi, Valdez, Wainwright, and Cease. Um. Oh, what's it called? Right. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna call it the uh, the
2: goya beans tier. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> if you need some dinner, here this will
1: work. Oh, uh, this is like a serviceable.
2: Yeah, it's the pantry. Pantry, like yeah, Kikuchi. I mean, I don't. I'm not enjoying myself.
1: Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. I have to
2: go into the pantry and and uh, Kikuchi. I don't know what I'm gonna get necessarily. Right now, I don't feel amazing about it. His fastball sure. velocity is fluctuating a little bit. He was at ninety five to ninety six in his last one, which is good, but he's not really dominating in the way that we really want to. Um, Framper Valdez doesn't have the sinker command that he had earlier on, so he's more of a gamble than I'd like. I wanna think like, I don't know, is it Campbell's tomato soup that everyone feels so good about and it's a classic, so that's Adam sure. Wayne right here. Um so this is the whole thing is the pantry, I guess. And then uh Dylan Cease is a wild card of like, I don't know if this canned burger is good to eat still
1: <laughs> i love that i really so, do like that so there it is uh uh that is that, that was that was a very nice breakdown of that tier. by oh, the thank way. you yeah um <laughs> as now we're going to move on though to to we're, we're getting into now we're going you know to keep with the theme of TikToks and reels mm. into the thick of it um as we're now talking about you know, some players that might not be 100% rostered are starting to appear in this tier with Miley Webb, Logan Webb, that is, Kyle Hendricks, Jameson Tayo, and Hyunjin Ryu. James Caprillion returns at 50, and Zach Greinke at 11. What is this called, and why is it called that?
2: They are the cement blocks.
1: Okay, because they can is, be a foundation or. There it is. Oh, yeah. Mm. Exactly. Fast.
2: You know, these yeah. are these are not the exciting, over the top strikeout pitchers, but they will help your ratios through the week.
1: Yeah, so that's a, that's a that's a great segue into the first guy that I want to talk about, who's Logan Webb. Who's six innings pitched with one run, three hits, one walk, nine Ks against the Brewers in that last start. We get that season high in strikeouts from him, and believe it or not, it's not coming from the changeup, which is what I think we all thought would be the, the impactful pitch coming into the year like it was last year. It's actually that breaking pitch. Now, I know Fangraphs calls it a curveball, Baseball Savant calls it a slider, whatever it is. It took a lot of steps forward eight total whiffs on that pitch just pounded the edges of the plate with that sinker too focused down the way with that slider to righties uh, or or curveball whatever you want to call it um i i i i'm i'm in but and then he gets Colorado on the road for his next start so you kind of baby let's for, go yeah yeah you got to love that for Webb.
2: Webb is weird he he slings a bit um he reminds me uh oh, there is another pitcher i can't remember who now but it's everything kind of moves out of his hand. It can kind of feel like he's just yucking it from the right mm. side, as opposed to a really smooth Mark Prior delivery or something like that. Sure. Um, so, so when it leaves his hand, it's just moving aggressively, and it's like, yeah, you can't hit this thing. This thing is just too ridiculous, and that's what his changeup looks like. This what slider looks like. he's had a ton of break on that on that sinker as well. Uh, but yeah, the slider has come into form lately. Uh, he had that changeup against the Dodgers about four starts ago. Uh, and that really worked out there. I think among the repertoire he's got enough that one of these pitches is gonna get him through the start. Mm. and it's at a point where we just you just keep starting Webb. He has not allowed more than 200 runs since since May fifth. if you can believe that one, two, that three, four, crazy. five, six, seven, eight, nine. that was ten starts ago. And yeah, that was a bad one. It was in cores. Oh no. Because no one's I don't think anyone started him in cores for that. Yeah, Uh, but he survived the Dodgers three times since then and Cincinnati and the Astros. So you got to just start web now. Just don't think about it. Start web treat like a Vargas rule if you really want. But I, I think I think you'll be fine the rest of the way.
1: Uh, the other guy who rose quite a bit here right behind him is Kyle Hendricks, who rises seven. He's got a three ERA on the nose since July 1st with that lovely 15 percent K rate. He also has a one point three three whip in that time. Is he just kind of settling into his role as the, the king of the Tobies? Is he is he the new Spider-Man? Well, OK, hold on a second. There's a there's
2: there's an important distinction that I established today. OK, All right. There is Spider-Man, which is the best Toby. Mm-hmm. And if you're telling me that it has a 133 whip that is not the best Toby. Okay, right? Um the best Toby, I think right now Spider-Man is Wade Miley. Uh, oh, okay. Actually Top of the a, tier. Yeah, he's uh he's the whip is the question mark there. It, there was a moment it could have been Quandary and Kim. We'll talk about it at the end of the year. We'll have some awards for who who's nailing it. down. essentially to be a Toby you need to be the best ratio guy with about a 20% or lower strikeout rate. Okay. So we'll see uh so yeah, we'll see who ends up as that. Um, but, right, yeah, Cal Hendricks, he seems fine again. <laughs> I mean, he had four, one start of four innings against the Reds, but then pretty much his last, oh, my God, every single start save for since May 16th, he's had at least six innings, um, save for that one game. Um, we're talking like 15 starts there. Uh, that's Yep, that's just Cal Hendricks. Good old boring Cal Hendricks. Sure, it's going to come with three and four strikeouts most of the time.
1: But, hey, that works, you know, and the whip, so, you figure out the whip, but I think it works. This mixes metaphors a little bit, but then maybe he's like the Andrew Garfield of spider mans You know, oh, what I mean? I Where the, he's like the one. Yeah, that's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's not necessarily Tom Holland, who's arguably the best Spider-Man. Right. Tobey Maguire. You know, he's just the Garfield that everyone's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Oh, you're, yeah. You're one of them. There Now, yeah, there is either. someone
2: we'll talk about later who is the Flenderson, which is the most Toby of Tobys. The mo- oh, wow. That I'm
1: very excited to yeah, get to. That uh, came up with on the stream today. So be before we get to him, we're going to talk about Jamison Tyone who rises 11. The shape of that curveball seems to have changed a little bit. He's doing a much better job locating the pitch at hitter's knees uh, and below as opposed to earlier when you would kind of leave that pitch over the plate a bit I'm, too much. Oh, yeah. No, uh, that, that curveball
2: was the best I've seen from him. Um, hmm. He even mentioned that it was the best he's had. Uh, and that's that's really, really encouraging. You love to see that. Um, Ten strikeouts. Uh, he had a gallows pole, which is ridiculous from Tyone. This is a guy that we don't really think of as, uh, I mean, maybe the four-seamer. Obviously, 17% swing strike rate this year for the four-seamer, which is ridiculous. But the curveball's been at 9% this year. Slider's been at 10.5%. Uh, but what we saw here was 45% CSW on the curveball got it down so much. Um, I just don't know if it's going to stick, right? And I had yeah. some trepidation trusting the previous five starts that totaled four and runs uh, from from Jameson Tyone because it didn't really come with any development in the secondary stuff that much. Sure. But this was a start. So okay, great. Now the curveball is doing what we wanted to do. That's really, really encouraging uh so now i feel better about it but this is the hardest thing that we do is great we we believe that this start was earned he deserved it this day but i don't know if tomorrow he's gonna do the same thing so crossing my fingers he gets the royals next i'm obviously starting
1: yeah you know shame on me for not really kind of putting this together sooner and it's kind of a good thing to to think about and to talk about which is like you know pitch types do not exist in a vacuum, right? Like, I feel like we constantly are like, okay, this is how he does in his four-seamer. This is how he does in his curveball. This is how he does the his slider, blah, blah, blah. Talion made a significant change to his four-seamer this offseason, right? Went to the Yankees, had him tweak his four-seamer a little bit. And that doesn't just tweak your four-seam, right? That could theoretically tweak other grips, the way that you're mm-hmm. holding the ball in other ways. So I, I wonder, too, if there was some... You know, we talked about this a lot last year with Chris Paddock, right? When he started throwing that cutter and how that messed with his curveball a lot. Sure. Yeah. Still theoretically hasn't even gotten it back yet. And I wonder if there was, you know, I'm not saying that this is what happened with Tyone, but it's good to reinforce that, you know, it's all interconnected in that way. It's all coming from the same hand. It's all coming from the same arm. Uh, right. So that I wonder if there is any relationship there. But enough of that. James Caprillion appears at number 50. Um, I, I'm pretty he had, uh, uh, he had his I.L. stints. He came back brief one. He gets that quality start against the Rangers. He gets that uh, the Rangers again in that next start. too. It's, it's unbelievable to how many times he's faced
2: the Rangers. Uh, <laughs> Maybe that's why he's going to win rookie of the year. Caprillion. I mean, in those starts, though, he's never like absolutely excelled. He had these uh, this string of three Ranger starts in four games, uh, where he allowed a combined seven earned runs in four, in three games, and it was like ah well that's good, but it's not amazing. Only fourteen strikeouts, and like it, it was all fine. But like hey, you're supposed to dominate this team. So they pitched mm. against them yesterday in his return from the IL, and six innings, two earned runs, you know, sub one whip, but four strikeouts, and it's just the same. Like you know cap but you have a 26 percent k rate you know this right where where is that against the rangers now and he gets them again next time it's gonna be the yeah. fifth time I, I, it's It's unbelievable look cap has just been great better than i expected I, I remember when he first came up and i thought his fastball slider was fine but not exceptional the four seamer has certainly performed well 211 batting average allowed something at 58 percent of the time 33% CSW on it. And the slider has a 30% as well. It's just worked. Um, I don't, I look at a lot of these guys in this tier and I think about 2022, where do you think Logan Webb will be drafted? Where will James Capellian be drafted? I keep pronouncing his name wrong. I think Caprillion, whatever it's Caprillian. Caprillion. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. I, I personally don't think that I will be chasing them like others. Because yeah. I see this more as an exceptional season. And I think a lot of people would agree with that. So then it makes me wonder, well, we can't rank them too highly because if we think it's an exception, then we're saying that the next two months are not guaranteed to follow what has happened in the first four. Yeah. So I'm a little hesitant. Look, 322 ERA, 114 whip, and a 26% K-rate for James is ridiculous. Yeah, that's really nice. Uh, I just hope that it sticks through the second half. And hey, he's at 50, so... You should be obviously taking that
1: chance. So let's go into tier nine then, where there was some shuffling done. Uh, it's Gray, Eivaldi, Snell, John Gray. Excuse me. It's John Gray first, then Nathan Eivaldi Blake Snell, then Josiah Gray, then Logan yes. Gilbert, then Austin Gomber. Right. So what's it called? Why is it called that? It, it's called, we might go a little bit long on this podcast. No. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, this is called Woot. Why? Because Woot would have a thing where you can order what's in the box. Um, it would be a mystery thing that you'd be ordering. What is Woot? That. It's Woot dot com. This it's different than it used oh, to be. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I forgot and about that. they would that. have a new thing every day, but you could also order a mystery box there. And uh, yeah, that's uh, so it's the Woot tier. And also, I get okay. really
1: excited watching these guys pitch Woot. <laughs> oh, oh, double, double, double entendre there. Always. Um, so originally uh, I was curious because you, you moved up Snell 28 and he was at number 50. He's since knocked down four spots now to number 54. So obviously, you know, amazing start where he looks great but also a start where he's doing the old Patrick Corbin and just going four seam well not four seam but four seam slider is what he's going with there I should say uh are you is this the change we're looking for he's done with the changeup curveball what are we thinking well, about here?
2: insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting new results right and mm-hmm. something we talk about a lot if you remember early in 2020 before the season started we got in on Robbie Ray because he was not doing well then all of a sudden he changed something he changed his arm circle and just the fact of him doing something new got us excited and he was throwing a little bit harder and that's that's a lot of what we do right you and I we look at he's having success and is there something yeah. we can point to that's different that would suggest that he's having that success well he had 25 whiffs yesterday 43% CSW did Blake Snell over 7 innings that's I think really the most shocking one yeah <laughs> Yeah. Um And what happened? He went 50-50 on sliders and four seamers, said no to the curveball and changeup. I think he threw three total of those two pitches. Yeah. it's a, That's a cool thing. Now, I, I watched some of this. I even did it as my YouTube video this morning. Um, Snell wasn't as efficient as I wanted him to be. He's still not that amazing at demanding a strike. But when he does, his stuff is too good. I think this is the right approach. Slider really is just such a filthy offering. The Mm -hmm. more he throws that in the zone, the better. He threw them a lot in the zone in this one. Uh, I feel good about it, but just like I was talking about with Tyone, we just don't know. We just don't know if this is going to stick for the next time, right? We saw him have a great start against the Mets, and then that went away. And you just don't know. So if you're kicking yourself saying, oh, man, like, why did I ever get rid of Snell? Like, No, no, no. You did the right thing probably getting rid of Snell because you did not endure all the ratios that he gave you otherwise. And who knows if this one will stick right now. Um, and I do want to note, the zone rate on the slide was 32% yesterday. Not as high as I wanted it to be. I want that to be a 45% at least zone rate pitch. Mm. Because if he's doing that, then guys really need to be up there attacking more and allowing him to be more efficient. Uh, so I-, I hope that we can see you know, that kind of Snell moving forward.
1: I'd like to see that too. You know, I, I, you got me very curious thing. You know, you're talking about uh, Snell's ability there to, to kind of go seven innings, which has been kind of unprecedented for him. And me thinking about, um, you know, is it giving uh, my faulty memory is like, Oh, it seems like he gets hit a lot in the first inning. And that's not untrue. He has a three forty three Woba in the first inning. There are, 89 pitchers who have thrown at least 300 pitches in for total first innings overall. Okay. So a pretty big sample. Um, who has the best Woba in the first inning of a game this season, this season. Um, I want to say Zach Allen. i say it's Zach. Uh, he probably doesn't meet that requirement because it's 300. Uh, uh and that's, that's okay. all. And remember not 300 total pitches, 300 just in the first inning. Gotcha. Um, Oh uh, man.
2: I'm gonna go. No, it's not Zach Wheeler. Bueller.
1: Bueller is very close. Bueller is uh top ten. Wheeler's at the other end of the spectrum at yeah, 329. Not Wheeler, Wheeler's messed up in the first inning. The best first inning WOBA in baseball belongs Nero to Kelly. Adam Wainwright.
2: Oh Wainwright. Ah, dang it.
1: At 209. At 209. Nice. It goes Adam Wainwright, then Mike Minor. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, then Darvish, Morton, Granky, which is very interesting, very very bizarre. Um, I think it's because way. those guys are not hesitant to throw secondaries. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, you Wayne know, Wright Wainwright
2: point. goes gets at it with a curveball. So does mm-hmm. you know, Darvish has the cutter slider stuff. The um, Charlie Morin curveball heavy. Minor is a, with a weird one. Yeah, that's very a little one.
1: bizarre. Yeah, that's and a Bueller little bizarre. Just dope. So there's that. <laughs> Yeah, it's not a huge sample, but it's still kind of interesting to me. Um, Another person that I wanted to talk about inside of this tier, Nathan Eovaldi. He fell a little bit. uh, Is he bad or can he just not pitch against Tampa Bay? Because (laughs) back-to-back starts against Tampa Bay, 12-run runs, over 10 innings pitched, just very inconsistent. Right. So it was the Jays and the Rays were the last two starts of his. Oh, I thought Um, it was both against the Rays. I I
2: may have written as Rays. That might have been me. Uh, (laughs) But I... I mean, look, I'm not going to h- harshly lower a guy for the Jays. This really isn't removal of Eovaldi. It's more of cap showing up, and I got to move Tyone up, and, and Webb, and, and Hendricks. Granky was, I think, too far down. I really didn't touch Evaldi in this one. Mm-hmm. That's just kind of how it worked out. Okay. Yeah, you are right. I believe it was Tampa Bay and Toronto there. It um, should be fine. If you if you have them on your team, I mean, I've said a lot about the secondaries need to be there, but really they have been uh, it's you know it's a 4 E array 121 whip, and a 23% K rate, but I think anyone that has him realizes, oh, wait, it was way better before these last two starts. So, you know, it should be fine.
1: Uh, just, there's two more guys I want to talk about inside of this tier. Josiah Gray rises to uh, up to 55. I want to know... So, obviously fantastic start that last time out still doesn't go into the six but the curveball was fantastic picked up 12 12 whiffs making him the eighth pitcher this year to get 12 or more whiffs on a curveball in a single start what i want to know is i'm going to set the over under at one and a half and i want to know if he goes over or under in double digit strikeout games for the rest of the season so essentially will he have two or will he have one under you're gonna, he's only gonna have one
2: or fewer. It's not easy to have a double digit strikeout game. I mean he had twenty whiffs. I don't think he's gonna hit twenty whiffs again. Uh interesting. I mean against right? the against Atlanta, against a pretty strong team there. It's just it's just rare. It's just hard. Mm. Uh I'm not saying that he can't. He clearly has the ability to, he just did, but I'm, I'm gonna be a conservative man. And it's not 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 one, it's actually two, you're saying. So yeah, I'm not gonna say that. However, I I don't know if you guys saw this on Twitter. I put out this question about his mechanics that bothered me. Mm. Um, I watched it and I noticed his back leg is getting so low and he's putting a lot of balance on it. On his delivery that made me question if he can be consistent on timing and release point and everything. that, um, That might be shifted if you're relying so much on that balance that you might need to feel like you speed up or you slow down or whatever based on it. And I put it out to Twitter from just one video, mm. um, and I got some amazing responses. I got to hand it out to to baseball uh, Twitter or really pitching mechanics Twitter for really just a wonderful thread. No, you know, no egos, no mm. uh, angst, nothing about it. just a good discussion of this stuff. And yeah. I think the general consensus was it wasn't great, but it's not the worst um, because he has been doing this for a while. The Dodgers may have shifted it towards this. But even through his career, he's showcased that he's been effective while doing this. And so innately, it made me worried about it. But, you know, I, I came away from thinking a little bit better about it. And this 10 strikeout game and everything for Josiah Gray, it's like, you know what? All right. I think he's okay. <laughs> so, mm. so I feel good about this moving forward. I mean, 95 on his fastball. I think we overlooked the fact that in his start, he still had six whiffs on his, on his, uh, forcing before a 14% swing strike rate. It, it, it was really, really good. Um, he got that curveball down a ton, a ton of chases, 50% O swing, which is so nice uh, on that curveball as well. And he also has a slider too. He went to the curveball more than the slider, but the slider is not a bad pitch either. 42% mm. CSW here. We'll see. we'll see how it goes with Josiah Gray again. We don't know how much this, this will stick, but there's been a lot of discussion with him versus Kyle Muller and Luis Patino, maybe some Daniel Lynch in there. Mm. And uh, Josiah Gray to me right now is the clear winner with a very clear path also to playing time as he'll pitch through the end of the year in Washington in a low-pressure situation. So excited for him.
1: So uh, I'm going to say next to nine Ks or more in a game. Josiah Gray, Cal Quantrill, Logan Webb. I mean, it's Josiah Gray. It's not going to be Cal Quantrill. Get out of here. What about
2: know, Logan Webb? Yeah, twelve. Uh, no, no. Webb is not really that bigger. Josiah Gray is a much more of a strikeout
1: guide than Webb. So Webb. I mean, so uh, so Gray. It yeah, is definitely not not Webb. Yeah. <laughs> The last guy I want to talk about inside of this tier is another guy who is a pretty big riser here in Austin. Gomber rises 20 to 57. Now, for me personally, that strike zone plot from that last start was terrifying, and it didn't really instill me with a lot of confidence, Mm. especially considering he's going to get the Giants and the Padres for his next two starts. I think he took advantage of what is the worst team in the NL against lefties. Uh, and just I mean that plot looked like it was it it, like I honestly sometimes it's like fine maybe I just don't get it maybe they're trying to do something but like there was a fastball in every part of the plate and like not near the zone there was a slider all over the place there was a changeup all over the place there was a knuckle curve all over the place there was nothing that looked like it had purpose are you looking at it right now well I'm about to I just love the way you're describing it It, 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 because I kept being like okay maybe he was trying to elevate well was he trying to elevate with his heater and then put it over the heart of the plate and then come down and in and then come down it so away and then what i what i am noticing i mean the changeup is in the
2: bottom half which is good yeah um, that's it we seamers are generally in the top half which is good oh uh, there are sliders around um you have it around the zone curveballs around the zone but a little bit i mean it's not it's not as chaotic i've seen chaos i don't think this is necessarily <laughs> it
1: like a war
2: vet i mean I, i've seen a lot of dinelson lomet and yeah, <laughs> in yeah, my yeah. day okay yeah. but um but i i guess i'll say this um i i've been monitoring a lot the fastball usage of Gomber and his embrace of his secondaries, and his secondaries just perform so, so well. Mm. Um, 36% CSW on the slider, 30% on uh, the changeup, 36% on the curveball, and the usage of that four-seamer, when it's 30% or so, fantastic outings. Uh, I mean, Mm. we've seen some struggles from him when he, for whatever reason, leans more on the fastball. This was 37%. That works for me. Uh, he's able to get a ton of called strikes in this one with it. That that's all you need to see from me, right? Twenty three percent called strike rate on the four seamer sets up everything else. I think this approach from Gomber, he's figured it out. He figured it out earlier this year. I know he got demolished by the Giants earlier this season. Mm-hmm. I ha- I I guess it's my optimism of believing that he can. He he wants that revenge game because he's a different pitcher now than he was then. Sure. Uh, but I uh, but you're right. It is a tough schedule ahead. And maybe I should have taken that more into consideration. I just get a sense of like this guy's this guy's delivering right now. And uh I, I, I want to trust the skills.
1: All right. Yeah, maybe it could very well be uh like you said, another Dinnel the example where it is kind of organized chaos for sure. Uh and it is difficult to tell skill set by looking at a bunch of different dots. Um <laughs> it really is it's impossible um but let's move on to we, that was a nice little conversation about tier nine i'm happy we're getting into it in the middle mm. of it uh but tier 10 we're looking at kyle gibson joe ross casey mize tywin walker tyler mcgill Tyler mcgill yes, marcus tyler. stroman eduardo rodriguez and Quen kim <laughs> i'm gonna say it's the banana laffy taffy that's my favorite flavor no it's not Oh, it's the best flavor of laffy taffy, uh, hands down. down. No one likes the banana. Uh, it's laffy truly my. Taffy. It is truly my favorite. No, I'll take the banana laffy taffy all day. It's the best flavor. It's literally okay, the best right. flavor. Because you would take Cal Gibson all day, and no one else
2: would. <laughs> yeah, see, that, that's what. That's perfect. That's perfect. Why I'm in this tier. Um, but yeah, that's Marcus it's the thing Stroman's here. Like, yeah, it's like you're going through candy and you want candy, but this is what you got, and you're like, all right, yeah, okay, I'll have this. <laughs> it's very still happy. sweet. It's still sweet, but you know. And there'll be someone that says, No, 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 no. let me tell you, Casey Mice. No, 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 Joe Ross. Um, Marcus Stroomessle's got it. I'm like, Yeah, I understand. I can see why all of you are into each and one of these guys, but I'm not I'm not searching out for a banana laffy taffy. I love I love it. Banana I banana I flavored anything. Banana is a wonderful berry. Okay. It is the best one. It is a berry, yes.
1: A, uh, a I A banana but, is a berry?
2: Yes. look it up um but it's it's wonderful i have it often in the morning with strawberry (laughs) and everything as a artificial (laughs) flavor it's terrible my mind is
1: blown yeah it's a berry when you type in them into them when you type is a banana a berry the top thing it doesn't even popular it doesn't even let me search it just says google yes a banana is a berry like in the (laughs) search bar in the search bar, it says have <laughs> the answer to the question. I didn't even know it said. No, yep. Yeah. Yes, it is.
2: Yeah. That's unbelievable. Well, that's bananas a, that's are a very point. abnormal thing, and humans have, like, developed bananas into what they are now.
1: I, my, uh, you know, I think it was Yancey or someone who was like, oh, you bring up Kristen. Oh, I'm sorry, I love my wife. But she's the <laughs> exact same way, where she, she does not like the banana flavoring, but likes bananas. Uh, uh, yeah, anyway, so. Uh, so with this tier, I mean we, I guess, well, let's start with the positive. Joe Ross, he rises 10 oh, start to number 59. Yeah, exactly. He recovers yeah. from that pretty shaky start against the Cubs with the very poor quality start, sort of six and a third, three and runs, two walks seven and gaze against the Phillies. He gets the very anemic Mets offense next too. Gotta love that.
2: I mean, he had a King Cole in that game against the Phillies. It, it, it's kind of shocking, but he's had a King Cole and a golden goal this year. He's actually, yeah, it, it's it's wild. It's Joe Ross. He, What's the what difference between say- the two? Uh, golden Goal means you want both a Gallows pole, that is the most whiffs in a night, and the King Cole, the highest CSW in a night. So he's had three separate awards, I guess. Mm. Two nights worth of awards uh, this year. It's a fun thing. We have all the icons on the on the yeah, uh, player, the player pages, pages now. I love it so much. Um, but uh, I guess really quickly, it's the four-seamers just getting... I mean, it's not really four-seamers, it's a sinker. Um, it's performing super well for... for Joe Ross and the slider at times is actually waking up again. Um, it hasn't really done so in the past couple of starts. I mean, two starts ago, I think. Uh, he had I want to say eight whiffs on it in that bad game against the Cubs. Um, but uh with the last start, I mean, yeah, called strikes were everything with the fastball. Slider was good enough. Like, he's not in the top fifty, but I
1: think you'll be fine in a 12 teamer with Joe Ross. Yeah, I, it is uh, one of the surprises of the year for me, for sure, is mm. the success of Joe Ross. But obviously happy to see it because pitchers are dope and we like it when they do yeah, dope things. Exactly. Love it. Uh, Tyler Walker and Ty Tyler McGill, you know, <laughs> they both fall. Um, McGill just kind of... I mean, I think this is... This didn't surprise me too much. I think this is kind of what we knew was going to eventually happen, which is yes. more of a regression towards what his mean should be, right? Right.
2: And and by the way, it's three Mets pitchers here. Walker, McGill, and Stroman back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. Mm-hmm. It just sometimes happens like that. Um, with, with Walker very quickly, it's a, just a fastball at this point. There have been times when he's up to 95 on it, which is really cool. But his secondaries are just not enough to help, and the fastball is not really doing the major thing it did in the first half. We knew regression was coming. This is kind of it, as you mentioned. And with Tyler McGill, Tyler. Um, <laughs> it's a good changeup. It's just, you know, I, I talked to a, to a scout about him and he was worried about, uh, McGill's second or his breaking stuff, doing enough. And in that last start, it was just eight sliders and two called strikes. And that's it. And uh, I, that's a, that's a big worry. Is he going to be able to get the strikes that he needs with that breaking ball to set up the changeup properly and allow the fastball to, to do what he needs to do? Um, we don't know. We'll see. But he still should be worth your time in a
1: 12-team or at least Just explore the waiver wire to see if there's something else. Okay. Um, all right. Let's move on to the next tier then, tier 11, which is Kyle Muller, Daniel Lynch, Luis Patino, Tarek Skubel, Adbert Alzale, David Price, Jesus Lizardo, Zach Plezak, and Tukey Toussaint. Oh, man, I, I'm going to call this
2: the hmm, I've ever, ever used that one. I, I, I said inside the notes, this is the bouncing castle.
1: OK, because
2: you never look at a bouncing castle and go, oh, no. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> this is the fun. This is like, oh, man, what could be? I you know what? Maybe not today. Maybe I can't go on that.
1: But one day
2: <laughs> I will have fun with that bouncing castle.
1: <laughs> I and, if they'll let me on there.
2: Yeah, right. And uh, you know, it's made for kids, and that's Kyle Muller and Daniel Lynch and Luis Patino and Tarek Scubel and Adbert Owsley, right? So this this is really the upside tier. Every every week there is an upside tier of the ones that I'm like, oh man, I can't wait for them to be top fifty. Mm. Um, I don't know, you know, there really is a, as a top half and a bottom half to this one, because Tuki Dussant to me is definitely lower than Kyle Muller is. Um, same with Zach Polisak and Luzardo, but I do recognize that those guys, hey, they could turn it on and actually be of legitimate value to your teams quickly. Um, right now, probably not. I have Luzardo and Polisak as a stash option label, but they—they're all so exciting here.
1: Yeah, it'll be curious to see what Miami does with Luzardo as he continues to, you know, grow on that team. I believe he's only had two starts now on yes. on. The, uh, on the Marlins, and you know, yeah, obviously that last cores. one in cores, yeah, yeah, and four but also four walks too. He wasn't really doing himself any favors there. Well, it's, uh,
2: you know, you get terrified, you lose your confidence when you're in cores, yeah. It was,
1: uh, it was, it was, it was not great. And I mean, the, the one against the Mets was serviceable, right? Three earned runs, three walks, five Ks. It's not terrible, but right. yeah, that, that, that you kind of want to bounce back from there. Yeah. And then you know, you uh, earned a gallows pole in that game, 17
2: the, in the Mets game,
1: yeah. That's very interesting. I mean, yeah. one guy I'd like to see earning the Gallows pole a little bit more is Kyle Muller. I mean, you talked about him a mm-hmm. little bit, but man, what, what's it's like uh, it's, it's it's feast or famine so far. It's either 3Ks or 7Ks in his last five starts, and he's yeah, tending more towards the 3Ks. Right. He hasn't, been, he hasn't gone deep
2: uh, in, no. in these games. Now, he did go 80 pitches in that last one, um, 87 of the one previously. I think the stuff is good enough. Um, It's a slider and curveball. The slider took form more so in this last one. Thirty-three percent CSW, forty-two throws, so over fifty percent sliders. I think Mueller over time is going to figure out the um, the secondary or sorry the the whole command and approach of this. Um, but if you notice, I mean, this is the the backup upside tier. Like you have the better one into your nine with Josiah Gray and Snell and so on, and eleven is like okay, you guys are a step down from this. Mm. Um, I really think that that slider and curveball are legitimate pitches for Muller, and over time, as he gets more comfortable and attacks his own better with that fastball, it will set it up, and you'll you'll see. Um, well, he's currently doing actually like a whole, I want to say McCullers approach of staying low completely. Um, you remember that we would be like, hey McCullers, there's this whole part of the strike zone you're just not touching at all. Mm, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, same thing with Zach Eflin at times. Um, And I think Mueller will benefit more so from a higher, you know, having some high fastballs in there mixed in. But uh, I I think this stuff is just too good. Uh, I I think 93 with that four-seamer and two really good secondary pitches. He'll get five, six innings. He'll get 90 pitches and so on um, as the season goes on.
1: Let's move on to Tier 13. We're looking at Cal Quantrill, Nick Pavetta, Tristan McKenzie, Andrew Heaney, Michael Pineda, Patrick Corbin, and Braxton Garrett. what, What happened? Okay, hold on.
2: Hold on fast. Huh. Oh, it's tier 12. And, and Patino and Scoobull went down 12 and 9 points. I know I know, we're getting close to the hour mark. I get it. No, no, no. It,
1: it's uh, You want to know why uh, I, I messed this up? How? Uh, I think some of the... No, no, no. I just messed it up because I just scrolled down a little bit too far because I was excited oh, to talk you? about Cal Quantrill because I was going to mm-hmm. guess that he was the Toby that you were talking about before earlier in the cast. Oh, Toby wouldn't have 20 whiffs in a game. That's true. Uh, uh, Luis Batino, just
2: so you know, electric stuff with the fastball and slider, but it's too volatile, and I don't know what's going to happen with it. And Tarek Skubal, the Tigers are likely going to limit him. Plus, he hasn't had that slider and changeup combination in a while. Zero out of 31 whiffs on sliders and changeups in his last start, Tarek Skubal. That's That's insane.
1: Cool. That's not cool. Not cool. But,
2: but anyway, because we have this upside tier, that means next is the Toby tier.
1: Ah, and so is, is, this where it, is this where the aforementioned Toby lives? Uh, he does okay. So we're looking at Matt's Bumgardner, Thompson, Irvin, and Kelly. Yes, this is the um, um, the Stranglers because they're gonna murder your teams. This, this, no, Scranton Stranglers here. Ah, okay, okay. People really digged the uh, dug the uh, the smooch murder Mary from Uh, last week.
2: You mean get a beer with um. (laughs) partner and
1: uh, and wave goodbye to <laughs> next week on Paw Patrol um, <laughs> uh, alright so who is this
2: mysterious Toby that you're referring well, to? Wait, like? who do you think it is? Uh, Matt, Bumgarner, Thompson Irvin and Kelly
1: god it's like it, once again it's the picking them all out of a lineup because they all look so similar and being like who is it? I think it might okay I have two choices yeah. either Bumgarner or Kelly okay um you are correct they are on the Diamondbacks. Okay, 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 I'm going to, okay. All right, I'm going to go with Mad Bum. Okay, nope, because he has a 442. Oh, I knew. Did you though cuz you just Kelly. Said, you just No, said I know, but I didn't go with what my gut was. <laughs>
2: and I should. Bumgarner has a 442 ERA with a 22% K rate. Come so on. so that's two no, both of those disqualify him. Um but Kelly has a 4 ERA on the dot. Uh, with a 20% K rate and a 117 whip. And he's also sixth in the majors in innings this year. Uh This is the most Cal- uh, Toby thing. You get lots of innings, and you get innings that are just good enough that you say, fine, Kelly, you stick around another week. Because that's averaging, if you go six innings, that's averaging under third, 300 runs per start, right, with a four-year Ray. Right? So there it is.
1: it is. He's the Flenderson. We were so right about Kelly. We were just three years too late. <laughs> I don't know.
2: I mean, I don't think we were saying in that preseason, 2019, I think that was, that yeah, Kelly yeah. was going to have a four ERA. That's not what I, I would never suggest drafting
1: Toby Flenderson. God, you remember, the? you know what the headline of my article was? And I said no, no to be fair. I said no to this headline. Oh, is, it, is Merrill Kelly the next blank? Who was yes. it? Who was another guy who came over from overseas and had a oh, lot Miles of Michelin. success? Yes. Exactly. Well, yeah, he was a
2: Flenderson too.
1: Yes. I mean, I
2: mean, actually, he was Spider Man.
1: He was like two seventy-five
2: yeah. year race. Right? So I was like, oh well, you're not. T- you're just really good. Just don't struggle.
1: <laughs> That's how I imagine you sleep. Oh I do. Thank you. I, I, yeah. Do you? I know. I. I've been. Yeah. We have. We have been in the same hotel room. Oh, this is true. Yeah, this is very true. Uh, and we will be again in, yeah,
2: September. in, uh, exactly October. Uh, but anyway, in this tier, it's oh, Steven Matz, garner. Thompson drops 11 points because we, he actually has like the best numbers of any of these guys here, but it hasn't been quite the same with his fastball command and his cutters taking a little bit of a step back, and it's just a little bit more wonky at the moment.
1: Hmm. Okay. Um, I do like that you have. There was some conversation before about like Caprillion versus Irvin, and I don't really think that's much of a conversation. I think it's Caprillion by by a significant margin for me. Yes. Um. But now we can move into the proper tier that I was earlier referencing Mm, that I was too quick to jump to, which is Quantrill, Pavetta, McKenzie, Heaney, Pineda, Corbin, and Garrett. Um. Okay. This. Um. I'm
2: gonna. I'm gonna say this is Fiji. Just Uh, a knockoff bottle of water, or like, no, 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 no. This is uh, uh, from the Truman Show. It sounds great, but it's Uh, not real, (laughs) it
1: doesn't exist. Yeah, you're never gonna go. You're never gonna be able to
2: go to Fiji.
1: (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I like that. Uh, So let's start off with who could be the president, the mayor, the elected official of Fiji, and that's Cal Quantrill. Seven innings pitch, no one runs, four hits, no walks, ten K's against Detroit, three one four ERA and three nine six FIP over his last 13 starts. I mean, they haven't been great recently. I excuse me. Earlier they weren't great. Now they've been great since July. Over 40 innings pitched with a near two ERA. And now we're talking about a guy who isn't even coming close to the top 50. What's so just not buying any of this whatsoever. So before this start, it was
2: a Vargas rule of and it still is a Vargas rule. But sure. uh, I, I uh, <laughs> there's a lot of just nothing like this stuff is just not that good to me. Um, now, all of a sudden, he had this start against Detroit where he had 10 whiffs on his four seamer. But it was actually slower than it has been all year. Normans are at 95. This one was at 93.8. Um, slider got whiffs finally set up 26, which is nice. And that's not a typical thing. If you want to talk about slider for this year, it's a 29 percent CSW and a 15 percent swing strike rate. Not great. The change up is a 22 percent CSW. The curveball gets 15 percent, 16 percent called strikes like this whole thing isn't isn't really the repertoire of someone you would imagine that's on the stretch right now uh-huh. now he did that the one start that just shocked me and hey I streamed him that was my stream pick of the day it was it was because there was nothing else um I really don't buy it uh, but hey I understand if you want to keep going with it and I understand that upside of it it's just it doesn't exist it's Fiji so.
1: Not for yes, me. for for any of people listening to who might be like, yeah, the you know, we know the 10Ks were a flash in the pan, but just how much of a flash in the pan? I believe this was the second time he had had more than 5 strikeouts in a game uh, or yeah, or season. about that much all season yeah. long. So, now, yeah, Kimai, the, he hasn't been starting for that
2: long. Uh his first real start or so, or the first game of four innings was on Tuesday the uh the 15th of June. Um I will understand 300 runs total in his last five games for Quantrill is something of interest. And I understand if you want a Vargas Rule, by all means, that's why he's up there at 80. I was even tempted to put him into that tier 11 because of how good of a stretch it is. Yeah. But I I just, I don't buy it. And it's a, it's always this clash of how much do I wait a Vargas Rule versus do I really expect his performance in the last eight weeks? So he's down here at 80.
1: Uh, another guy who's made things, well, actually, this guy's made things a little bit easier for you. It was Andrew Heaney, who falls again 10 spots down to 83. Thought maybe a nice change of scenery would be good. It yeah, has you know, maybe. not been great. No, it
2: didn't really work out. Uh, he did get nine strikeouts, though, and a 117 whip in that game against the Mariners. But, yeah, four runs. He still allows home runs. More at 11. That's it.
1: Um, okay. Is there anything about so Braxton Garrett? I was a little uh out. Uh then he rises 14 up to 86. What do you see from Braxton, Braxton Garrett? Braxton Garrett's command is
2: actually really good. Um he had a jam in the first inning where he base got bases loaded and then he just got completely out of it. Uh he gets whiffs on his four seamer, and it's weird because he throws sub ninety. Uh and he also got a King Cole in his previous one before when he had uh ten strikeouts against the Padres, like it's strange and he does this from the left side it kind of works Mm. is this really good curveball he gets in there i i just i don't know i
1: don't know that's where i'm at right now i don't know okay i'll take that i mean we're at the back end of the list so i don't after 80 i don't know is very acceptable in my opinion (laughs) um let's move on to tier 14 which begins with you know i'm gonna say it you you and the first pitcher in this tier have I think a love hate relationship where sometimes you I, I I you know I text you and I'm like what are you doing? You're like I can't talk. Me and Ross are hanging out all day. And then sometimes I'll text you and be like what are you doing tonight? And you will be like oh I just had a big fight with Ross. I don't want to talk about it. Okay, so here we are. So Ross, Stripling, Johnny Cueto, Mike Miner, Tyler Anderson, Marco Gonzalez, JT Brubaker, Vladimir Gutierrez, Dallas Keuchel, Ryan Yarbrough, and Chris Flexen. This is um, your grandparents china ware. It's like, okay. you, know,
2: you know those houses where you just you step into, like, an old person's home, and you're just like, oh. Mm-hmm. And it's got know, that musk to it. It's just the whole thing. Everything's sepia-toned. It's all <laughs> these designs that you would never choose yourself, you know? Sure. Just like, how many hours am I going to spend here? Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. That's the feeling I get with this tier. And I'm so sorry. I'm, I I, have nothing against, you know, I'm sure they're lovely grandparents. Grandparents. Like, no, that's, that's <laughs> a joy for you. Sure. But, you know, every every child at some point has gone through that feeling. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's it's not a fun tier. Look, with Ross Stripling, actually, I know now, if I do a roundup again with him this year, I know what I'm going to call it. It's the strip stakes. Okay. As in S-T-A-K-E-S. Ah, very nice. Uh, because Ross Stripling, like, you know why I've been out on Ross Stripling, right? Uh, No. Why? Because he didn't have a secondary since this one game on June 16th where he actually had them against the Yankees. he got nine strikeouts and then didn't really have a good slider curveball changeup since. Actually, in the next start with 7Ks. Yeah, he didn't really do anything with those three pitches. It was just on the fastball, which I don't think is that good. Okay, now finally, I will say against Cleveland, that changeup showed up. Eight strike, uh, eight whiffs on twenty-two thrown. That really propelled the start. Six strikeouts, six innings, no earned runs, uh, mm. four base runners. Right, and i would say, okay, you know what? Now there's something that maybe I could latch onto that says maybe Stripling is worth. Uh, a lot more than I've been giving him credit. But he also, uh, yeah, he hasn't gone six innings save for that one game. And then yeah. since June 22nd, it's been very boring, very monotonous along the way. And this is the only first
1: real hint of him getting out of that. I am glad to hear that you guys are back on the mend. though. that is good. nice guy, by the way. He's a nice last guy, pers- <laughs> he's, uh, yeah, very nice guy. Last person I want to talk about in this tier uh, is Marco Gonzalez. Um, now, mm-hmm. I, I know Marco Gonzalez has never been your favorite sure. um, pitcher to watch. Uh, it, I I would say, believe it or not, but I don't think it's much of a shock t- to hear, for you at least, that this was the first performance in which he has given up no earned runs all season. Sure. Yeah. Um, can he return to being a serviceable run suppressor, low ERA, no strikeout guy moving forward? Sure, yeah. I mean, he could be a Toby. I get that. Yeah, um, I mean, he gets Texas I mean, uh, that's next That's That's why he's here. I, I thought about,
2: uh, I will say this. This is kind of tough because Stripling, Cueto, Minor, Anderson, each actually have value. Um, Minor has been better than expected uh, lately. Cueto is getting weird, like, whiffs on his fourth seamer and surviving as a toby. Uh, and Marco Gonzalez, yeah, I recognize. Like, he's actually not bad. Uh, 500 runs in his last four games total. Uh, this could be something of value for you, but it's it is a Toby at best, and that's the problem.
1: Yeah, yeah totally. I don't I don't think he's someone who uh, you're really looking for upside here. But he, I think he's like a midweek. Like, yeah, I could do some 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 good right. ratios. So I'll go ahead what, and. get Marco That's in. why all of these guys are here. Yeah, um, is it yeah, gives exactly. the right
2: matchup? They are they are a Toby. All of them have that label. Save for Ross Stripling.
1: The final tier we are looking at, tier 15. It hasn't been a tier 15 in quite some time. Usually you've been capping it at 14. Yeah,
2: um, I,
1: I, I shortened some tiers earlier on, yeah. That's fine. We're looking at Detmers, Eli Morgan, Carlos Hernandez, and Dylan Bundy. What's it called? Why is it called that? This is called the Megaphone. Okay. Because I just wanted you to shout Dylan Bundy. <laughs> so I actually, it's funny that you say that. The only question I have about this tier involves a person who isn't on this tier. Uh and he actually I think he it's tough for me sometimes the note the find doesn't really work on this page. I don't think he's included in the notes anywhere. Who We're trying it? to do a quick it's the a it's the leader in ERA since the all-star break. He has a 0.86 ERA in over 22, I think 22 innings thrown. So it puts him on the qualified list. Uh and and in terms of ERA, no one's been better, Nick. And he's I not got, even here. I, I got And he's a, then. And he's a Baltimore Oriole. Oh, yeah. Well, no wonder. Oh, it's Jorge Lopez. Come on. No? No. It's not Matt Harvey. Oh, it is. I'm not putting Matt Harvey on here. <laughs> the ERA leader since the All-Star break? <laughs> Who is it? Four Everyone starts? knows that that 20 well, he had, he has four stars. He had yeah.
2: 18. Yeah, he had three starts of nothing because he had 18 innings of scoreless. And then, okay. Exactly. And sure. he couldn't
1: even get a 100, Nick?
2: Is that what you want? He couldn't even get a one you know, you know hundred joke I have for Matt Harvey these days. What you know? He's not. He, everyone calls him the Dark Knight. Yeah, but no, he's Harvey Dent,
1: as in he dents your ratios. Uh, that even gives him too much credit because Harvey <laughs> Harvey dent's, uh, uh, Harvey Dent's cool. You're talking about well, big he's two faced. you talking or, about
2: four good starts, and he's going to be terrible the next one.
1: Yeah, okay, that I can get behind. That I can get behind. That I can get behind. Um, all right. Nick Fit yeah, Mr. Well, Fifteen. Hold on. I didn't talk TikTok. about
2: any of these. I didn't literally talk about a single one. You just talked about Matt Harvey He's not even in it.
1: <laughs> well, you said Dylan Bunny, you wanted me to say his name, and I figured that's really the only thing you wanted people to take away from him. He them. had a good start. Okay. It wasn't
2: believable, but he had a good start. And Carlos Fernandez is actually very interesting. Okay, he yeah, hard talk about and had a much better slider than the last one. I want to just see one more outing of him actually doing good things for me to actually raise him into the other upside tiers, but Carlos Hernandez is absolutely someone you need to be focusing on. Reed Detmers, we all have been talking about him a lot because yeah. he was the first-round pick of the Angels in 2020. He's 22 years old. He's had two starts, <laughs> and the last one, first one was the MLB debut. The second one was against the Dodgers. Just monitor this. He could actually be of value by September, if not earlier. And Eli Morgan has been weirdly good. Uh, he throws about 90-91, but changeup and slider can be effective. And if he has good command on a given night, there might be something there.
1: Ta-da. Yeah. That was very nice. That was very that impressive and very quick. And you're right about Carlos Hernandez. I mean, he was able to hit 100, uh, and, and that's really great. And I think it was 6Ks against the White Sox. I mean, he's which was stretched out, too. So I think well, we're going to be seeing a lot more Carlos Hernandez and yeah. Just always so hesitant with Royals' arms. It's just been burned Dino so Lynch many times. Been,
2: his slider was so good.
1: Yeah, since you're right. Th- since he came back and or since he started again, it's been yeah. it's been it's been better to watch uh, for 12 sure. Twelve
2: whiffs on that slider against the the White Sox I and mean, against the Yankees and I'm kinda tempted to start him there.
1: Yeah. Hey, why not? I think that's kind of fun. <laughs>
2: because
1: um, it might hurt my fantasy team fast. <laughs> listen it's all it's all (laughs) moot to me okay it's all moot uh how how are you doing in the in the pl league by the way
2: um i am i want to say like we're middle there's like everyone that's middle in the legacy league uh it is insane yeah all right i i i I, I, I just won the guillotine league though oh you did i did the 18 teamer where everyone gets one person gets eliminated every week i just won yeah it's over it's over 18 teamers so you get one out every week that is amazing yeah i don't know how i did it but i, I only joined the league because worry? i knew that i got too busy i can literally just stop in may and no one would hate me because i just get eliminated in the week didn't <laughs> you at one happened. point close to getting eliminated or there was I a was, matchup but that's what yeah. happens every week is like you get really really close and I that's amazing congratulations oh thank you i got
1: very lucky no 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 that's skill with 18 hey. weeks that's skill yeah, I got lucky uh all right any yes. other random pitchers you want to talk about? Uh, you wouldn't you didn't you wouldn't give me no. Matt Harvey any love. No one no. else. No, why? No one you don't want that. You're not even <laughs> no, I don't, really I want don't. that. I don't. I, I but we're going to end with a trivia question. Oh. I want uh okay, we'll do it this. Who is who has the highest in-zone CSW?
2: Uh Patrick Sandoval.
1: Uh, no, no. Uh, and I'm also looking at uh, the, the 750 pitches in zone. Oh, yeah. So mm. you want me to lower the threshold a little bit? No, 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 no. Uh, so th- th- this is still a big sample. It's 89 starting pitchers have at least 750 pitches they've thrown in the zone of those who has the highest in zone CSW. Zach Granke. Nope. You get two more guesses. <laughs>
2: it's always Zach Granke. Uh I mean, I always just want just one. Now I just want to always say Bueller, but nope. it's not Bueller. Bueller isn't even like a CSW darling. Uh, Joe Ross.
1: No, it's. I'll, I'll give you one last guess. It's not a shocker.
2: Okay. I.
1: Sean Manaya. Corbin Burns. Oh yeah, duh. Nick. Corbin Burns with Lance McCullers being second, which is kind of ah, interesting. nice. Yeah, that is Cor- of course it's Corbin Burns. Yeah. I know. Uh, it's all right. Uh, all right, Nick. Yeah, that's gonna do to, it for episode I wanted be, what? I want to be shocking.
2: I just I, I thought you were like, Oh, Nick, I got something fun about this one pitcher that we're gonna random. No, it's just Gordon Burns. Okay,
1: okay. Who's the lowest? <laughs> who's the lowest of everyone? <laughs> yeah, but minimum 750 pitches. So he started a bunch. Oh man, your boy Jorge Lopez. He's actually above Granky at 49. That's fine. Uh, um, actually, yeah,
2: this is right. Jorge Lopez has like he's a volatile one, so he goes really well, does really well, and really poorly. Okay, wait, wait, wait.
1: It's gonna be John Lester. Uh, no, it is not Lester. I will say I'll, I am a little shocked to look at the bottom fifteen here. Sandy Alcantara is very close to the yeah. bottom, which is yeah. kind of shocking to me. Not um, good. the lowest is you, your this guy. It's funny you didn't get it because you talk about this guy all the time, and he's like always on the list. Uh, Chichi Gonzalez. <laughs> yeah that should be it that's right yeah that's it. Uh, all right nick that's going to do it for episode number <laughs> 270 of on what the corner of the official patrolist.com podcast i'm your host alex fast and i'm nick pollock and we'll talk to you guys
2: next week